0: Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris.
0: Happy opening day, Eve, and welcome into a bonus edition of Fantasy Baseball. Today on Wednesday, March 29th, Frank Stample joined by a special guest to talk about the impact that weather plays on Fantasy Baseball because, frankly, it's very important And this isn't something that we've done before. So I thought that this made a ton of sense. And here to help me do exactly that is the leader in all things fantasy sports and betting when it comes to weather. An actual meteorologist doesn't just play one on Twitter. We were talking beforehand. Legit. I'm not bringing on just someone who says that they know what's going on on Twitter, of course. Welcome to the show. Kevin Roth. Are you ready for opening day, man, my friend? When you said that,
1: like, we're just a day out. Like, I got the chills. (laughs) It's it's here and... I'm excited. It's a busy time for me, of course, cuz baseball is every day and weather's hugely impactful, but I get pumped for it until like month four or five. Then I'm like, all right, <laughs> I've had enough of these rainouts.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, then we get closer to football too. And I can't recommend enough. Make sure you follow on Twitter at Kevin Roth, W X and go to rotor where you can find the weather page for both, uh, MLB DFS for NFL DFS and just hugely important. And I was talking to you beforehand. It's just like, What you've done in the industry the past couple of years has been extremely helpful. So just once again, wanted to, to thank you for all the work you put in there. I appreciate that. Yeah, hopefully we can have another good season. You know, it's forecasting the future
1: is never 100%, but my goal is to be a hell of a lot better than any other resource out there and to make it all easy for people to understand and digest. And so far, that's been... It's been going well. This is my ninth baseball season doing this, by the way, doing these forecasts. So I'm pumped to to be back at it.
0: You know, there's a lot of similarities between a meteorologist and a fantasy sports analyst, right? I mean, we're Mm -hmm. prognosticating, we're making predictions and look, it's never going to be 100%. But um, people have told me in the past, hey, if you're if you're right more than you are wrong, then (laughs) then you're doing pretty good. So uh, I think that's a pretty good starting point. Is there anything you'd like to promote off the top, Kevin, before we get started?
1: Ooh, I do have a pretty amazing tool called Weather Edge, where it essentially gives you a quantitative idea of how much the weather impacts a game. And it's a little bit complex, but essentially what happens is, let's say it's going to be 80 degrees in a certain ballpark with winds blowing out at 15 miles per hour. Well, this tool pulls every single game that is similar weather at that ballpark temperatures within five degrees, wind, similar strength and direction. And then it pulls all the stats from those games and it shows you, okay, in those games, we've seen a 70% increase in home runs, a 20% increase in runs. I think it is super useful for fantasy sports, for sports betting. Um, I I came up with it. It's my brainchild. I'm very proud of it. Uh, It is called weather edge and it is available on Roto grinders. So, Make sure you check it out, because it's really pretty cool.
0: All right, and just a little bit of cross-promotion before we get started here. For those who are on the betting side, if you like to throw down a few shekels, you might listen to The Early Edge. You absolutely should, because that is uh, our podcast here at CBS Sports, powered by Sportsline, where they give out picks every single day. And if you've ever heard daily baseball picks from Mike McClure, you know how much weather matters because he's talking about the air index and and humidity and rain and temperature and all that kind of crazy stuff. And and that's exactly where we're gonna start. So what are some of the major ways, and I'm sure this is like a laundry list of items, but some of the major ways that weather affects fantasy baseball and, well, just baseball. How does it affect the baseball and then why does that matter for fantasy and betting? Uh, The
1: weather is just crucially impactful because Everything matters in baseball. Everything matters. Uh, of course, rain, you know, you get rain outs, the games. It's the one sport really where consistently you see games that just don't play. So if you're playing daily fantasy sports or, uh, you know, even year long, that of course matters. Uh, rain delays, your pitcher can get pulled in the third inning and then, you know, you're in a world of hurt there. The temperature has a huge impact. I think that's maybe one thing that people are finally starting to catch up on a little bit is how much the temperature matters You want to play 80-degree games when it's hot because that hot temperature, that stretches the atmosphere. It means thin air. Hot air is thin air, and the ball carries a lot farther. Um, You don't want to play when it's 35 degrees in Chicago. That is cold, dense air the ball doesn't carry. Uh, The temperature matters. The wind, of course, wind strength, wind direction. Is that wind blowing out to center? Is it blowing in? That matters. The wind is different in various ballparks, so you have to understand... Uh, how the wind will impact each specific ballpark, the humidity matters, the elevation matters. It's there's a lot, there's a lot of ways, and it's really fun to be a meteorologist during baseball season.
0: Yeah, look, we know on every given pitch in baseball. I mean, there are so many different variables that come into play, and things that either lead to hits or stop hits from happening, and batons being inflated. And we'll talk about that with like Coors Field in Colorado a little bit later on. I think that's probably you know the the poster child of uh, how Elevation affects uh, baseball and the way that the ball, the flight of the ball, and things like that. I asked my co hosts, I, I knew I was gonna have you on. I was like, what is one thing that you wanna hear about? And last year, we had the humidors uh, being installed in every ballpark across baseball. And uh, it was a huge talking point early on in the season. So, humidors keep baseballs at 70 degrees and 57% humidity. Before we get into what happened early on in the season and the lack of offense, to your knowledge, Kevin, why why are they doing this? Why are why are they using humidors? What's the point of them in, in in baseball? It started
1: essentially as a way to kind of temper scoring in some of those ballparks where everybody's mashing home runs, like Coors or in Arizona. And the plan was if we can basically waterlog the ball, and that's kind of what they're doing in these dry environments, right? Arizona or Colorado; these are low humidity places. So by keeping it in a humidor, they're adding moisture to it. They're making the ball a little heavier in essence and trying to keep games from being like 19 to 17 because it just baseball purists don't really like to see those scores. So that was the initial plan. And now I guess it's being implemented everywhere. And in some places, I think it could actually have the opposite effect where it's it's really muggy. Now they're going to put in a humidor and it Will not really impact the ball or if anything, the ball will be a little bouncier, like in a spot like Arizona in the dead of, uh, excuse me, uh, Atlanta in the dead of summer. Yeah, that could be a boost. And already you want to play bats in Atlanta in the dead of summer when it's hot and humid. That's great for the ball to carry through the air. The only downside was the ball is going to be a little waterlogged. Well, now that downside has been removed. You've got the bouncy ball and the hot, humid, thin air. So I think it's going to be fascinating and i think it is especially once temperatures start warming up that's when i think you'll really see that edge
0: yeah and speaking of that we know that offense is usually down every april as temperatures are lower around the country which means that again the ball doesn't really fly as well last year the numbers were down even more than past april so last april 231 batting average 369 slug 676 ops from may on That went up to 244, 399 slug, a 711 OPS. And then even once we got into June and July, those numbers even skyrocketed even more. And there was speculation that these humidors uh, could lead to even lower offensive Aprils moving forward. Like that might become the norm. Is there any studies that you've done or anything that you noticed about last year where maybe it was like unseasonably cold just last April and that was the reason that offense was down a little bit more than we're used to seeing?
1: That's my vote. Yeah, I remember thinking I want just about every under every game for like the first two or three weeks of the season. Um, it was incredibly cold last April in the central and northern half of the country. The warm places, the places where it was above average temperature wise, were in spots that have a roof. Tampa was warm. Miami was warm. Houston was warm. At, uh, let's see. Dallas was warm. Those places all have a roof, so it it's not a huge impact there. But in those open-air stadiums in the middle of the country and up the eastern seaboard, places like uh, in Chicago, those locations were much colder than average for that time of year, and you're just not going to see runs when it's 38 degrees out. It's, it's not going to happen because of that
0: cold, dense air, and that's what we
1: saw. And
0: something we've speculated on is – maybe streaming pitchers more early on in the season, just to build up those pitching stats, and it, you could probably get away with things a little bit more on the streaming pitching side of things if offense is down earlier on in the season, and you know, uh, maybe if a hitter gets off to a slow start, you know, I made the thumbnail for this uh, for this video, Marcus Semyon. he got off to a terrible start last season, and then once the weather started to heat up, he, he obviously got back on track, so just a reminder that if you have a proven hitter that gets off to a slow start in the month of April, it, it might be weather-related. So just something to, to keep in mind there. Um, do you think that this is, that it was maybe caused more by these humidors and, and that we'll see as the humidity rises around the country into those summer months that we'll see an even bigger increase in, in offense that we have seen in years past as a result? I think we will,
1: but it's just so hard to remove one Variable when so much is changing right there's the rule changes that are going into effect pulling the shift and the pitch clock and there's there's so many different changes that it's hard to just say it was the humidor that did it Um, i do think we're going to see incredibly high scoring but there's going to be a lot of reasons why and trying to point at what percentage of it was the humidor what percentage of it is the weather um that it's just hard to dissect but there's gonna be a lot of runs
0: yeah no that is a great point and (laughs) In terms of the new rules that are coming in, obviously we have the shift restrictions, so that should lead to, to offense being up, hopefully even from the get-go, right? I mean, it doesn't have to just be home runs. It could be, all right, we're stringing together more hits, and as a result, mm-hmm. higher batting averages and, and more runs being scored, um, and all that fun stuff. Let's move into a little bit of uh, DFS, and some things that you mentioned earlier, some like, we'll hit on each one of them, and we'll start off with rain sure. and how massive it is for uh, DFS, and, and from a betting perspective as well, obviously. Um, it creates a lot of strategy. dfs because you could take advantage of it using late swap tools and you know gpps or tournaments if people are worried about uh, rain in a, in a West Coast game later on at night. You can load your lineup with those players, and then okay, if it turns out there's a delay or the game gets rained out, you can pivot to something else. So I think that there's a lot of strategy involved with it from that perspective. Uh, but also if you're playing cash games like 50-50s or double ups, you probably just wanna stay completely away from games that have rain risks. So how do you typically uh, attack rain, and, and what advice would you give to people that are, are playing DFS?
1: Yeah, I have kind of just a, a green, yellow, orange, red color coding system to try to keep it as simple as I can. Um, and you're right, in cash games, like if a game is an orange, which means I think there's a legitimate threat of it being postponed, or if I have it as red, which means I think there's a greater than 50% chance of postponement, you don't want to play it. But like you said, there's that, there's that edge in tournaments, especially on maybe a smaller slate or um, a game that looks really juicy, but okay, there's also a... 50% chance it could get postponed. Well, that's a great tournament target because nobody else wants to play that game that, that might get postponed. Um, one thing I'll say is that games that start delayed, if you get a delay announcement before lock, you know, before the first round of games goes off, everybody gets off that game. If there's not an announcement about it leading up to it, then generally people aren't going to pivot because I think a lot of people are still unaware. I, I don't think many people are as tuned in to the weather as they should be. But it's those games when, all right, there's a a late start and everyone freaks out and assumes it's going to get postponed. Hopefully, I can give you that thumbs up and say, yeah, it's a late start, but it's going to clear in an hour. They're going to play the game fine and uninterrupted. That's when you can really get a huge edge and really kind of take advantage of that. Uh, The other thing that I saw as kind of a trend since COVID is that we're seeing games get postponed earlier. They used to just say, well, we'll see what happens with the rain. We'll give it a few hours, see how it shakes out. I'm seeing less and less in that and more and more of teams saying, oh, there's rain in the forecast. We're just going to postpone it ahead of time. Um, and I expect that trend probably continues through this year as well. It's better for the fans. And sometimes they look dumb because sometimes they postpone a game and it never rains. Yeah. That literally happens. But its I think it's probably a good thing.
0: I remember last year I went to a Yankees Astros playoff game in the Bronx and the game was delayed. It was Sunday night game. It was actually <laughs> the game that ended the Yankee season. They they got swept. That was game four in the ALCS and uh, the game was delayed about an hour, hour and a half. And I'm walking outside. There's no rain. There's I mean I get they were playing it safe. I get it. I, I respect yeah. that. But and I also like the fact from a fan perspective where if they they call the game early if there's you know serious rain in the forecast. You don't want people showing up to the ballpark and then you know they're there and they're waiting and they're waiting and then they call the game. And yes. so obviously that's like a worst case scenario. Talk to me about hitters versus pitchers, right? I think that there is a, a dynamic there uh, because in DFS, if you are playing a pitcher that has a game with rain risk, obviously you know if if the game gets delayed a little bit, okay, maybe that pitcher could come in and all the rain stops and everything is fine. But what happens now if the game starts, they get delayed, and then the pitcher doesn't come back out? So how do you attack, all right, should I just completely avoid pitchers in games that have rain risk? Do I completely, do I maybe grab hitters because they're gonna be lower owned in games with rain risk? How do you balance that?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, There's a huge difference between, especially in some of these locations during the summer, you get pop-up thunderstorms. And what that means is that, I know there's going to be storms somewhere in the area, I can give you a general idea of the coverage of those storms, but it is literally impossible to know, is it going to pop up over Atlanta or is it going to pop up right next to Atlanta? There's just no forecast model in the world that can tell you that accurately. Um, and in games like that, taking a pitcher is risky. If if I know there's 50% coverage, that means there's about a 50% chance of a delay. Uh, and it does provide that upside because people are really going to want to get off that picture. But in general, as a safety play, you you don't want to roll pitchers when you have that high chance for a delay. Hitters still fine. Um, most games, if they start a game, they're going to finish most games. That is kind of my core rule. If I think they're going to start the game, they're probably going to finish it. The concern is the games that if they never start it, then they're <laughs> a lot more likely to postpone it.
0: What about rain's effect on betting, Kevin? Is there anything that you've noticed about like overs and unders in a game that either had rain in the forecast or wound up, you know, drizzling or raining throughout the game? Is there anything that you've noticed about how it affects uh, sports betting in baseball? I really haven't. I think I think because I do so much fantasy sports, if there's rain, I
1: almost just drop the sports betting side of my brain and just really focus on is there going to be a delay? Is it going to get postponed and really dive into the, the fantasy sports aspect uh, so I have not noticed a trend as far as how rain impacts scoring. Could there be one or even how rain impacts perceived scoring with you know, the totals going up or down? I've not noticed a trend though. It's not impossible that there's one there.
0: Let's take a quick break here. And when we return, we'll get to more weather questions with Kevin Roth from RotoGrinders.com here on Fantasy Baseball Today.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles,
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Today, joined by uh, Kevin Roth from rotogrinders.com. And we know that Wrigley Field plays very differently depending on which way the wind is blowing. And how do we take advantage of that from a DFS or, or a betting perspective? Are there certain months where the wind blows out uh, more regularly in Wrigley? Uh, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, there's the ballpark matters with wind, right? And Wrigley is the prime example of that. It's an older park. The wind funnels through it. And if you get a southerly wind, it's blowing out. And it has by far the strongest impact compared to any other ballpark. It's, it's two or three times more, more important. Um, that tool that I was mentioning earlier, Weather Edge, that compares past games, when you get a southerly wind in Wrigley blowing out at about 15 miles per hour, the home run probability literally doubles. Like the expected home runs go from roughly two or two and a half to four and a half or five home runs. It is just a massive advantage for hitters when the winds are out of the South, when the winds are out of the North, it's the opposite. You're, you're really going to see runs suppressed, home runs suppressed. And the other thing that's really notable about Wrigley and then a handful of other parks as well, like St. Louis, Kansas city, it's set up so that when there's a northerly wind, just in general, as a weather rule, a northerly wind means you're likely bringing in colder air. Well, in Wrigley, a northerly wind is not only bringing in colder air in a cold weather spot like Chicago, but that's also blowing in from center. So you're combining the cold and the wind. When you get a southerly wind, generally across the country, you're bringing in warmer, more humid air, which is good for hitting. In Wrigley, a southerly wind is not just warmer, more humid. It's also blowing out to center. So there are those ballparks that essentially combine the elements because of the direction they're facing. And Wrigley is one of those parks.
0: Okay, so again, reminder there for Wrigley, northerly means that you probably want to look at pitchers and then southerly you want to look at hitters.
1: And let me yeah. And let me just say really quickly, a wind is named for the direction it comes from. So a northerly wind is coming from the north, moving south. A southerly wind is coming from the south, moving north. In Wrigley, a southerly wind is blowing out. People get that's it's backwards, but <laughs> yeah, that's it's important. It's, I
0: can see why it's co- I, I can see why it's confusing though. Yeah. So it, right. it's it's really good to point out those distinctions. Are yeah. there any other ballparks? I know you mentioned St. Louis and Kansas City. I was reading a little bit about uh, Oracle Park in San Francisco, obviously right there on the water, so they, they could wind up with some windier games at night there as well. So just other ballparks that are affected by wind mostly.
1: I'm glad you mentioned San Francisco, yeah. Um it is a very windy spot. And when they were building that park, they thought, man, it's this is going to end up like, like cores. There's going to be a ton of runs. What are we going to do? Well, they essentially designed the ballpark to minimize the prevailing wind. The prevailing wind was blowing out, and it was going to create a lot of home runs. So they designed the entire park to try to block those winds. So if you get a 15-mile-per-hour wind in a spot like Wrigley, the home run percentage is increasing nearly 100%. If you get that same wind in San Francisco, the home run percentage increases 3%. It is a minimal impact. So that's why it's important to know not just the wind direction and strength, but what ballpark are we talking about? And Oracle is very, very low on the list of impacted by winds.
0: I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was during the pandemic season, the shortened 2020, in Oracle Park, They had their, I believe it was the the gates where they normally let fans in from. They -hmm. had those closed. And as a result, offense was up that year in Oracle because there were no fans coming in and it changed the direction of the wind and how the ball was traveling in the ballpark. So it was just fascinating. We were like, normally we don't really care much about San Francisco hitters for fantasy, but we had a bunch of hitters kind of spike up in that shortened season as a result of the gates being closed, which changed the direction of the wind. It was insane. It's incredible how each ballpark has their own microclimate, has
1: ways that the wind is impacted, flows through it. And even something as weird as a new building going up next to the ballpark can impact how the winds impact that ballpark. It's just, it's really neat. It's really all tied in and... I don't know. I get excited talking about it. I love it.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Colorado. I mean, it is well documented that Coors Field is known as the most hitter-friendly ballpark in baseball. Due to the high altitude, baseballs travel further and pitches break less. And we've heard all about different kinds of hangover effects from pitchers either leaving Coors Field, how that affects them their first series away. Uh, same thing for uh, for both pitchers and hitters. And then coming back to Coors Field and, and kind of how it takes them a while to kind of build back up and in pitching in that high altitude and and hitting there as well. Players at Coors Field routinely run higher BABIPs and uh, obviously batting average as a result of that as well. These are often the highest game totals on a nightly slate. Uh, Can you explain to us, I guess, in in layman's terms, why Coors Field is so unique for baseball and why there is so much offense there?
1: Yeah, you hit on on the two main things and it's I think that's what maybe a lot of people don't realize is that it's it's a double bonus. The first one is the thin air makes it so that when you make contact with the ball, when it's flying through the air, it goes a lot farther, right? It's at elevation, uh, highest ballpark by far in the majors, uh, but also that thin air makes it so that breaking pitches don't break. There's less air resistance, so your curveball isn't curving. So not only is it now going to go farther when you hit it, it's also easier to hit because these pitchers can't really throw the kind of off-speed stuff that works in other ballparks. And if they do, it's less effective. Uh, and that one-two punch is just massively important. You mentioned it's why you see totals there all the time, 11 and a half or 12 um, and Generally, I like it. I'm 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 with that. Over you know, I'm like yeah. This if it's great weather there and you've got the elevation, it's great. Uh, one other thing to note when you talk about elevation is that MLB is playing a lot more games internationally now. We've seen games in Mexico City. That is another spot with that is played at extreme elevation. So especially with these these travel games, think about where they're playing, how the weather could impact that, and, and elevation in, in the Mexico City's case.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Obviously, when we talk about how do we take advantage for, of course, field for fantasy purposes, in season-long leagues, we're looking to stream as many hitters as we possibly can. If if Colorado is home for six games, obviously any of their fringe hitters or anyone else that's going into that ballpark, we're looking to add in season-long leagues and stream in that. And the opposite is most often we don't want to use Rockies pitchers anyway, but especially if they're home, I, I think we're probably staying away there. DFS is a little bit tougher, though, Kevin, because the prices for players get yeah. jacked all the way up. And I understand why. Again, I mean, routinely, these massive high totals 11, 12, we want players in those games. But even, you know, the scrubbiest seven, eight, nine hitter, if they're playing Coors Field, they're probably jacked up like $500 to $1,000 over on DraftKings. So, how, what would be your advice on Coors Field games in DFS? I mean, do you kind of buy in and just pay up for those players? They're going to be popular. Or maybe do you. Kind of pick and choose and and find yourself fading colorado more often it's really slate dependent and it's honestly
1: weather dependent as well not so much on colorado's weather i don't care what the weather is there even bad hitting weather in colorado is still great compared to all other ballparks but the question is is there another environment is there a wrigley with southerly winds that we can pivot to is there another game uh in one of those southern ballparks in the dead of summer where it's 90 degrees and it's muggy and the winds are blowing out and you get that hitters trifecta. If you have other options, then by all means get off it and play some of those other great weather games for your hitters. If you don't, and it's maybe early in the season and it's cold everywhere, then you just got to go with
0: the elevation. You got to pay the money
1: and you got to take what you've got.
0: Do you have any hard rules when it comes to the betting side for course Field? I know you mentioned, look, <laughs> I think it's going to be an attractive thing to want to play the over, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you got some bad pitchers on the mound. But bigger totals here, uh, what do you find yourself doing? Uh, going with it, going with the over, or kind of fading course Field and, and hitting the unders? I, I
1: honestly don't love betting course Field a ton. Um, I have had a lot more success with Wrigley, and not only Southerly winds in Wrigley, but more so the temperature, the cold games. I love betting unders, early season Wrigley, winds blowing in, temperatures are in the 40s. It's just these teams do not score double digits in those conditions. Like It just doesn't happen, and so many of those games end up three to two, three to one. Um, That's been my most successful thing over the last few years, has been targeting uh, Wrigley in the cold.
0: Yeah, I think there's so much volatility when it comes to Coors Field. Last year, I saw a few good pitchers on the mound, and I was like, come on, man, 10, 11 runs in this game. I'll take the under. Next thing you know, the game's like 14 to 10. I'm like, what, what was I even thinking? Why would I bet an under in Coors Field? It's, and it, it, there's so it, much volatility. It escalates volatility. so
1: quickly there. Yeah. There are games when you get into the
0: sixth or seventh
1: inning, and it's two to one, and you're like, oh, I, I guess nothing's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, both teams explode and like at the very <laughs> yeah. end of the game and just put up monster numbers. Um, yeah, it, it, it tends to escalate very quickly there. I've noticed for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, I guess that creates some opportunities for for live in-game betting, too. If you want to think about it from that perspective, kind of betting on totals in game. If you know some bad relievers are coming out and again, mm-hmm. it's course Field offense can really just kind of escalate escalate. There really flips a slate on its head, too, in terms of DFS, where if it's the eighth or ninth inning and then there's just a bunch of runs being scored there. It, doesn't surprise me uh, when it comes to Coors Field, okay. Kevin. We've I think we've hit on nearly every topic here, but just kind of recapping through like we hit temperature, we hit humidity, uh, air density in places like Colorado and um, even other high ele- higher elevation places uh, that you talked about. If we get some Mexico City games, rainouts and rain delays, wind strength. Is there anything that we missed out on or anything else that you'd like to uh, recap when it comes to weather and baseball? I I know we could talk for days about this, but
1: yeah, no, I think we did a good job kind of hitting the highlights. The one thing, if you're only going to do one thing, make sure you're paying attention to the temperature. Don't just randomly play hitters in a cold ballpark. It's just not smart. It's not going to work for you. Um, Especially early in the season. When it's still cold or very late in the season, when temperatures start cooling down again, you really need to look and decide, okay, am I playing some of these West Coast games where the temperatures are the 40s or 50s? Or can I target this game where it's 78 degrees? So just make sure as a general rule, even if you're playing season long, you're aware of what the forecast is and you're targeting those hot weather games because it has a huge impact.
0: All right, that is Kevin Roth again. He is the leader In all things weather, when it comes to fantasy sports and betting, can't recommend it enough for baseball, for NFL, for DFS, for season long, for betting, for any type of weather related when it comes to MLB or NFL and an actual meteorologist. I just want to point that out again because it's (laughs) not like, you know, I just found some guy on Twitter and like, ah, whatever. We're going to talk to this guy about weather. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at KevinRothWX and you can find The Weather Edge, a project that uh, Kevin has put together over at Rotogrinders.com. We really appreciate your time, Kevin.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, and I'm game to talk uh, weather and sports anytime.
0: Appreciate it. All right, for Kevin, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again later on tonight. Bye bye.